the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. On today's episode, Ryan and Mike will continue to explore Revelation. What is Revelation about? The end of the world? Past historical events that have nothing to do with us? Current wars in the world? UFOs? Weird hybrid animals? The list goes on. Or perhaps the good news of the reign of God? Who knows? Ryan and Mike will discuss what Revelation is all about. All right, Ryan. So we have talked about the gospel. We've talked about the gospel in Revelation and really how to enter the book. Uh, looked at that blessing in the beginning uh, in 1 and 3. Um, blessed is the one who hears, who, I'm sorry, who reads, who hears, and who heeds the things written in this book. Um, let's, let's start to get into the, the content of Revelation, the subject of Revelation, the message of Revelation. What is the book of Revelation about? The Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thousand year reign, the 144,000. Yeah. Um, you know, each of those things are in there. But well, before we the get into this, well, that's okay. true. Yeah. The Antichrist is in First John. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, you know, <clears throat> whenever you ask somebody generally, what is Revelation about? Those are probably the things that come to mind, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, these facets of Revelation. What I'd like to do with you is try to back up a bit and mm-hmm. get more of that big picture macro view of Revelation yeah. so that we can understand what the overall book is about before we get into any of these individual parts. Mm-hmm. So I think there's two things we need to do. We first need to define the word revelation, mm-hmm. and then we need to talk about the book of Revelation. Yeah. So the word revelation actually just means unveiling. So, Mike, if you'll read Revelation chapter 1, just verse 1. Okay. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place, and he sent and communicated or signified it by his angel to his bondservant John. So, you see, right from the beginning, this book is a revelation. And so, if you look at the word revelation, what's that Greek word there, Mike? Uh, apocalypto or apocalypse, yeah, apocalypsis, I think is this one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so this this is where we get our English word apocalyptic from, or mm-hmm. some call it the apocalypse, mm-hmm. is this is the revelation. Now, that word revelation, all, all that it means is unveiling. Yeah. And so the idea here is there have been mysteries that have been concealed, but now God is unveiling this mystery. Yeah. It's interesting to see revelation— is not the only book about Revelation. Yeah. Really, the whole New Testament is about the unveiling of God's mystery. Look at Ephesians 3. Mm-hmm. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. We see the same thing in Ephesians chapter 3. Mike, read those first six verses and emphasize any time you get to that apocalypsis revelation word. Okay. Uh, you said in ver- beginning in verse 1? <clears throat> yes. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to be the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, 
which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Messiah Jesus through the gospel. So, Mike, tell us there, what is the revelation that Paul has received in Ephesians? That, uh, to put it in this way, Jesus is Lord of all the nations, right? That, that all the nations are uh, fellow yeah. heirs of, of the promise, are all part of the same people. Yeah, you know, I, I love that. And, you know, we, we've talked about how from Isaiah 52, verse 7, the gospel is your God reigns. Perhaps yeah. you could even say in Ephesians, it is your God reigns over all, um, over all people. And, and, and that's the revelation that he's received. As you go through the book of Ephesians, Paul has had many insights into the heavenly realm. He's had truly this vision into the heavenly realm, and he's then unveiling God's mystery to the Ephesians. I, I think it's very helpful to understand that the book of Revelation is this unveiling much as the book of Ephesians is unveiling. Yeah. Romans is an unveiling. Absolutely. It tells us in Romans 1.17 that the righteousness of God has mm-hmm. been revealed or unveiled. So Romans yeah. is a revelation. Ephesians is a revelation. Absolutely. I think we could e- equally argue that every book of the New Testament is a revelation of Jesus Christ, of God's plan, of the good news, that God reigns. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's, it's important for us to understand, like, in Daniel chapter 2, verses 34 and 35, Daniel promised there was coming a time when God would reveal these great mysteries. Yes. And through Jesus, he has done that. So, you know, taking all that together into, into a quick little summary, the word revelation is merely an unveiling. Mm-hmm. And I think more specifically within scriptures, it's an unveiling of the reign of God. Absolutely, yeah. And, and the, you know, there's an irony with that that just strikes me anytime I stop and think about it is you think about how revelation has been approached as if it's continued to be shrouded in mystery, as if it's this code book or these symbols to decode or, or whatever it is. Um, and the opening line tells us here is something that has been hidden that God is revealing precisely through this book. Um, <clears throat> and so whatever code book mindset that we bring to it, we've got to strip that away right right off the bat. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I felt for a long time like reading Revelation was like engaging in the movie National Treasure. Mm. You have to get all of the ciphers and you have to get all of the codes and you have to be able to read this in the dark under the National Archives (laughs) with a proper lemon light or something, right? And then possibly you have chance of understanding Revelation. Right. But God is not trying to conceal and shroud in mystery his great plan. Yeah. His reign is revealed, it's unveiled for all peoples to see. Absolutely. You know, I can even remember in high school having a conversation with someone, and, you know, he was in Revelation in his Sunday school and was explaining that, you know, Revelation was written in symbols so that the Romans wouldn't understand and it was Mm -hmm. concealed, et cetera. So we likewise won't understand. I'm like, no, that's totally wrong. This is all about the unveiling, the revelation of God's reign. Absolutely. So let's talk more specifically about the book of Revelation. Yeah. You have helped me to understand how we should see the overall message of Revelation. Mm -hmm. You have likened the book of Revelation to Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Explain that analogy a little bit. Well, in in the same way that 
um, Endgame is this great epic uh, conclusion finale to the whole uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and all the, what is it, 16 or 17 movies that went before it. Um, so, so Revelation is to the whole canon of Scripture, the whole story of Scripture. It has that same sense of epic finale. Um, there's another layer in that way that's true, right? In the same way that you can watch Endgame without having watched any of the other movies and get a sense of, again, the basic plot and storyline and more or less follow what's going on um, and, and appreciate it as, that's oh, a cool movie. Um, you can do that with Revelation. You can read that alone. And, and if you just read it without a bunch of assumptions, you get a sense of, again, cool story. There's epic stuff going on and get a basic sense of what's going on. But if you've watched all the other Marvel movies and then you go and, and maybe watched them 10 times each or something, right? And then you go and watch right. Endgame, you're picking up so much more even to the smallest details, the little Easter eggs that they throw in and all that, you're, you're picking up all that stuff, right? That's how, how Revelation works too. If you're, if you're saturated in the promises and the prophecies and the, the stories of the law and the prophets and the writings, and, and that has shaped your worldview and your imagination and your hope and your longing, and then you go and read Revelation, you'll realize all that John's saying or, or so much more of what John's saying because so much of what he says is from the from the structure of the book to the, the, the story arc of the book to the, to the details of the symbols themselves are all rooted in the law and the prophets and the writing. So that's, that's my analogy to, to Endgame. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it's so helpful to, for me to see that much as the story of Endgame is the story of every MCU film before that. Yeah. The Avengers win. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 yeah, yeah. that's the theme of every single one, the Avengers win. Yet, you, whenever you get to that victory in Endgame, it is so much more meaningful in resonance with everything that's gone before. Likewise Absolutely. in Revelation, let's just go ahead and you know, we'll reveal what, what we see as the theme of Revelation. Revelation is, of course, about your God reigns. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is the message of Revelation, your God reigns. You can hear that message in Revelation, but if you hear it in resonance and with the echoes of everything else that's come before it, that message is so much more powerful yes. and so much more inspiring because you really understand the climax that that message is reaching as you get into Revelation. So absolutely, I think in one sentence, Revelation could be understood as simply your God reigns. Amen. Your God reigns. But let's unpack that a little bit. Whenever you look at that basic message, there's different movements to that message. Mm-hmm. You have shown me that some of this comes from Daniel chapter 7. So let's yeah. look at Daniel chapter 7 mm-hmm. and see how that overall narrative arc that is introduced in Daniel 7 then plays out in the book of Revelation. Yeah. So Revelation draws on so many uh, sections from the, the law and the prophets and the writings, you know, Isaiah, Ezekiel, the Psalms, Exodus, um, Zechariah. Uh, but, but Daniel has a special prominence in terms of its, its impact on the book of Revelation in that it not only uh, is, is key to interpreting some of the symbols and images, um, but it also helps us see, understand the structure, right? Um, and, and we'll unpack this more in future episodes and really dig into this. But for now, we'll, we'll look at this message in Daniel 7, this vision in Daniel 7, where you see, all right, here, here are these 
these beasts coming up out of the sea that are wreaking havoc on the earth. But the Ancient of Days comes and takes his seat for judgment, and he's ready to, to, to judge and put an end to these beasts. And, and, and then after he, he renders this judgment, we see one like a son of man ascending uh, up to heaven to receive a kingdom that will never pass away. And Daniel's given the interpretation of this vision. The beasts are these kingdoms that are wreaking havoc on the earth, that are, that are dominating and uh, oppressing the earth. Um, and uh, the, the ultimate interpretation of this one son of man receiving a kingdom, if you look in Daniel 7 uh, and, and verse uh, 17, says these great beasts, which are four, are four kings who will rise from the earth. And in verse 18, but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. I, I mean, that's the story of the Bible or the, the conclusion of the Bible in a nutshell. God's purpose from creation that humanity would live and reign with him, right, reaches its finale. So Daniel 7 is is very much uh, talking about the, the summation of God's purpose. Well, Daniel's still disturbed by what he saw with those beasts. They were they were terrifying, and he's he's really fix, fixing his attention on the last one in this particular horn that that one of the beasts had, and and so he wants to know a little bit more of what's going on. And so he's given the interpretation in verse twenty one. I kept looking, and that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one, and the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. And what you see in that is, okay, so so taking this overall vision that's about that's ultimately about the saints of God receiving the kingdom, right? Receiving their inheritance and living and reigning with God, that's broken down that that the process by which that happens is broken down into three movements here in Daniel 7. War, judgment, kingdom in its fullness, right? The idea that, okay, the, 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 the kingdom is going to come through suffering, through oppression. The, 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 the saints are going to be caught up in this, this war. Um, but the ancient of days, God will come and he, as the righteous judge, as the gracious, merciful, righteous judge who brings justice and righteousness and shalom, he will pass judgment in favor of his people, in favor of the saints, and then the saints will receive the kingdom. And so we see that that sort of structure to uh, world history, or we could better say divine history, given to us in this Daniel vision. Um, and that's exactly this, the kind of threefold structure that we see played out uh, in, in the book of Revelation. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's ev- once you see it, it's everywhere in the New Testament or, or it's, it's all throughout the New Testament. Even, even like Paul's statement in, in Acts 14, right? When he's going back to the Galatian churches and he says, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God, right? He, 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 again, he's building off of, more or less what Daniel 7 and other passages, but Daniel 7 gives us this in a very clear, concrete, foundational way. Um, He's drawing off of that. War is what we should expect until Christ returns. But it's that movement of war, judgment, kingdom. And so then when we get to Revelation, that's exactly what we find. We we see this this movement of the, the, the saints engaged in this war, 
longing for God to come and judge. In fact, we'll get to chapter six. How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood? And so much of the plot of Revelation is God bringing that judgment. But then what's the end that we see repeated throughout the book is the saints inheriting the kingdom, right? So it's that war, judgment, kingdom. And this is so helpful. You know, we will demonstrate how that threefold cycle plays out many times over in the book of Revelation. But simply understanding that your God reigns is good news. And the reason that's good news is war is going on, brought about by the serpent, brought about by the evil one, trying to persecute God's people. God then, as king, is not going to sit idly, but rather he is going to respond to this with righteousness, with justice, and even judgment. And then through that judgment will then give the kingdom over to his children, and we then will inherit the kingdom. And I think if you really see that narrative of war, judgment, kingdom, it really demonstrates why the reign of God is good news. The other thing that I would add to that, Mike, and I think it's helpful also to see the ascension of Jesus as prologue to the book of Revelation. And so you definitely see war, judgment, kingdom as that threefold cycle. But it's also really important in Revelation to see the ascension of Jesus to heaven after his death, burial, and resurrection is prologue. Everything, everything in Revelation is because of the ascension of Jesus. And so we, we have to hold the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus as also the central event after which everything else will follow. And then we'll get to war, judgment, and then kingdom. Yeah, and, and, and also, you know, going back to our conversation about the meaning of Revelation, you see this play out in Acts. You see this play out in Romans. You see this play out in Ephesians. You even see this play out in Galatians, 1 Corinthians, Luke, etc., of this overall process of war, judgment, kingdom, war, judgment, kingdom. Revelation, as a word, means unveiling. And the book of Revelation is about your God reigns through the process of ascension, war, judgment, kingdom. But let's try to bring all this to a quick close, Mike. Why is that good news? <laughs> because the God uh, of love is the king who's reigning and the king who's bringing the victory and leading us in victory. And he's fulfilling his promises. Um, and what he accomplishes is the elimination of evil, the, the violence, the wickedness, the injustice that has just that wreaks havoc in the world. Um, and he's leading us in the way of real justice, in in peace, in joy. Um, that that's good news. Objectively, that is good news. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Next time, Ryan and Mike will be discussing how to eat this elephant. Don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time. And for all time, your God reigns. Thank you.